Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I want to start by thanking the fans, the real fans that have stuck with me, uh, the real fans that have been there for me, the real fans that said, you know what, Snowman? We know that you're not perfect. We don't expect you to be perfect. We know that you've made some mistakes. And we don't give a fuck. We're here for you. My buddy Victor Locke being one. I mentioned him already. My buddy Dan Cox, the Danimal, who I'll have on the show at a later time. Oh, man, Dean Peretta, thank you to my Marquette Catholic family. Thank you for standing by me. And I got a bone to pick with uh, some of the folks there. Um, the folks in charge of Arena Sportsnet Bay Area, uh, Shane Troy and Professor B. Brian Davis. Thank you, guys. My Hebron Hawks family, thank you, guys. Sean Ryan, <clears throat> pardon me really inspired me and how he inspired me was by telling me that I am an inspiration to the kids and that I work magic in the booth when I do baseball. That means a lot to me. Coach uh, John Steinhilber, the uh, coach of the year, thank you to all the kids. Thank you. One of my good buddies, Daniel Malave, kept asking me, when is Snowman in the Morning coming back? And I said, <clears throat> I beg your pardon. I said, Daniel, it will be back when I get everything organized. And he says, I can't wait. My buddy John Fitzgerald, I got to do this. Congratulations to his Cleveland Cavaliers, NBA World Champions. Same thing. Now, here's why I have titled this episode, The Purge. And give me a few minutes here. Are we going to talk sports this morning? I don't know. But I know I got some things to get off my chest once and for all. Again, here's why I titled the episode, The Purge. There have been some individuals that have been in my life the past three years that I am purging myself of. And I can't do it internally anymore. I've tried doing it internally. I've tried saying it and keeping it to myself. But it drove me fucking batty. It drove me nuts. I know the good book says turn the other cheek. I know that. 
You know, and uh, let me give a shout to uh, Door Village United Methodist Church, the good folks there that have accepted us, our service, and myself. Uh, tomorrow we'll celebrate one year, a one-year relationship. Incredible. Um, but there were some people, when we signed that contract, this is what led me to do this episode. There were some people in my life that brought me down and I let them. They talked shit to me and I let it affect me. They said some things to my face. Well, three of the four individuals I'm going to talk about this morning said some things to my face. The one that didn't doesn't have the balls to say anything to my face. This four-eyed bitch. I'll get to him later. This is why I'm calling it the purge. What you are about to hear is very, very personal. It does not reflect this network. It does not reflect our sponsors. This is me. This is Snowman getting personal with the fans because I owe it to you. I said this morning before I came on, about an hour before I came on and I was updating the show page, updating the show page and updating everything. I do not know where to begin. I didn't write any notes, which is very unlike me. Anybody who knows me knows I am anal about preparation. I didn't write any notes. One of my best buds, Josh Lopez, a very dear friend of mine, said, let it rip and move on. Justin Hill, who I'll be teaming up with, him and Josh doing uh, uh, the sports drive in a couple of hours from now, said the same thing. Let it rip and move on. They can't stop you from speaking your mind about what you feel on your own platform. They can't stop you from speaking your mind about what you feel about certain sports, about certain teams, and about certain people. One of my best buds who's in Jacksonville, Derek Williams, a prior graduate of Mount Carmel, uh, Mount Carmel High School in Chicago, you know, said the same thing. I've gotten this from everybody. Dean Peretta called it a pipe bomb. Well, you can say that in quite a few ways. Well, here we go. And I'm going to say forgive me to the fans in advance, but this is something I have to do. This is something I must do. And I'm telling y'all right now, if people walk away from me, I don't care. I don't care anymore. I don't 
care who walks away. If you walk away after what I after what I say and you have a different opinion of me, that's fine. I don't care. Here goes. The first of the four people I'm going to purge myself of is a lady named Jody Dials. And yes, I'm putting the name out there. All right. I have to put the name out there. I met her a year ago in April. Met her online. And it seemed from the beginning that there would be trouble. And I should have come to realize this early on that she was as insecure as ever. Period. I didn't think about it. I didn't think about it because I thought I had found the person for me. After the person that was supposed to be for me was taken away. And I'll get to that later on. Almost every day that I was with this woman named Jody Dials. Came an accusation. Came a put down. Came... Every, almost every negative thing you could think of. And she kept spitting it out at me. Now, for a while, she didn't. Okay? When she told me that she was staying with a man named Ron, and I'm putting his ass out here too, I should have known there would be some issues. I should have known there would be some problems. My spider senses did not go off. No, let me change that. They went off. I didn't listen. And that was a mistake on my part. Because I went through hell with this bitch. And yes, I said that word. Probably the only time I will say it. I am saying what I'm feeling. This is personal. I was driving home a year ago this month, and I was living in Glenview, Illinois at the time. And all of a sudden, she calls me and accuses me of being an active member of a dating site that I hadn't been an active member of for two years. I mean, just throwing the accusations at me with no proof whatsoever. I I drove home in tears, and that's a 90, and I drove up from the Port Indiana to Glenview, Illinois. That's a two-hour drive, and I drove it in tears. I thought I fucked up somewhere, and I didn't know where, and I was completely innocent. So she calls me the next morning saying, are we going to fix this or not? I should have said then, fuck you. I didn't. I was still dealing with the loss of Liz. I was still dealing with the bullshit being talked by my family. And I didn't think it clearly. I didn't. Fast forward to the night of my birthday last year. I thought it was the greatest birthday ever because, hell, I love men. People who know me knows I love minions. 
I love minions. And she brought me some minion cupcakes. And I thought that was the coolest thing ever. Did my show that morning. I was was living in Glenview, as I said. Her son, Colton, who I, in theory, adopted as my son because I love this kid, you know, hopped on the show with me for a little bit. So I went to, I drove to LaPorte and enjoyed my birthday. And that night, all hell broke loose. She went, she didn't even spend, this is how fucked up my birthday was last year. And I didn't realize it until now, thinking about it. She spent my birthday with another, with another man, with Ron, went to see him for some god-awful reason. That's not how you celebrate a birthday, by going to see somebody else. That's bullshit. She comes back that night. Now, Colton, now we were staying at the Best Western of Laporte. Colton's sleeping. And she just comes in and unloads on me. I didn't realize what was going on. I knew that Ron had had really messed her up getting inside her head and fought to you, Jody, for letting him. I mean, she took it out on me, blaming me for things I didn't do. Then she hit me. Twice. I should have left then, and I didn't. I should have never, and I can say this, and I'm going to spit this out and say it plainly. I should have never gotten with this woman after I realized the problems that she was carrying emotionally and mentally, but I did. I mean, there were nights we drove to Glenview because she wanted to get away from Ron. She wanted to get out of the port for a night. I kept saying, matter-of-factly, come back to Chicago with me. Oh, I don't want to. It's too far. Oh, shut up. I gave you an out. I gave you an option, and you didn't take it. That's on you. And I kept giving her this option. She only took um, the many times I gave her, I I kept telling her, look, if you want to get away from Ron, come back to Illinois with me. At least for the night. I must have said this to her a hundred times. You know, she kept saying, you know, I should go back to Chicago with you. I'm like, come on then. After July, that changed. When she said, I should go back to Chicago with you. I'm thinking, I don't want you back here. I don't want you back in Chicago with me, bitch. Not after what you did to me on my birthday. Then we were trying to find a place together. And that turned into hell on wheels. This money-hungry bitch was basically... Well, she she did my she was 
in charge of doing my advertising. She brought in the app. She brought in the sponsors. Yes. I never begrudged her for that. And I can say that with a straight face because I didn't. Hell, she's the reason we got um, Door Village. But she turned into a royal bitch. Oh, and let me tell you what she tried to do to me in February. She went to Door Village to Pastor Chris, Chris Tiedemann, and told him she quit working for me. I mean, she must have walked out on me at least 50 times. I don't like working for you. You're full of shit, she would say to me often, and then walk. 30 minutes later, she calls me, and I took the bait. Yeah, I said bait, and I don't care. I took the bait, period. Mistake on my part. And I mean, every time something would happen to her, it would come back on me, especially verbally. She called me an eyesore, for God's sakes. Her me- one of her messages to me, I, I, I believe it went like this, and I quote, no wonder this company doesn't work. You got a couple of eyesores running it. Close quote. Driving to the port one day, she calls me angry. I mean, I understand you got to vent, but damn. Hell, there are days I want to vent, but I don't, and I didn't vent in front of her. I should have known something was up. When she said, and I looked her in the eye, I said, as mad as I can get at you, I will never take it out on you. It is not my personality to yell at a woman. Even when I am angry, I will walk away quietly. I will walk to another part of the room before I do that. And then her response to me was, I'd rather have you yelling and screaming at me. Should have known then that something was wrong. This is Snowman of the Morning. This is the Purge episode as we continue on here. I should have known then that something was wrong. And then what she did with my roommate, and I'm going to get on him too. Like I said, this is the Purge episode, and I'm purging myself of everything and everybody. that did something to me. Oh, boy, my buddy Josh Lopez. Yeah, dirty bitch indeed, my brother. I did a Laporte Slicer game, football, at Maryville. I'm praying she doesn't find me in the booth. I'm praying she doesn't find me in the booth. Thank God she didn't at Demery Stadium. She did at Hobart. I get, I do the game, pack up, 
head down to my car, and I'm trying to get to my car before she finds me. Yeah, she found me. Damn it. And she's and she says, be careful going home. I will. I get toward downtown Chicago. She calls me. And she leaves me a voicemail. I didn't pick up the phone while I was driving. I didn't have my earpiece. But calls me and she leaves me a message. And then 20 minutes later, she left me another message. I didn't know what the messages were. I was driving. I was doing 70 miles an hour to Glenview. Well, 55 on 94. I played those messages and that sealed it. Because in one message, she's being all lovey-dovey. Saying, I hope you're safe. Please be careful. I love you. I miss you. Let's see if we can get together tomorrow. I got a big old smile on my face. 20 minutes later, the next message was, and I quote, I don't know what you're doing or who you're doing it with, but I hope you enjoy yourself. And I'm sitting there going, fuck this. I'm not dealing with this bitch anymore. I took a side job as an independent contractor with Chicago Messenger when I had my Toyota Corolla. Coming home from work one night, a rod popped off the motor and basically rendered it useless. I was like four... Four weeks without a car. You know, um, Enterprise Rideshare came to the rescue. You know, and I still made every Sunday, I still made it out here to LaPorte to Door Village by hook or by crook. That's the only reason I was, 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 was coming out here. My church family. I mean, this woman tried every trick in the book to get me to stick around, and I wasn't sticking around. Was I seeing somebody else? No. Did she accuse me of seeing somebody else? Every fucking day. I'm like, I don't need this shit. And another incident, going through some problems with my phone. I was changing in the process of changing carriers. I was in the process of changing carriers. And she and my old roommate were texting back and forth, double teaming me. You need to get your shit together, they said. You need to pay us our money, they said. And I'll get to the roommate in a moment. We're tired of waiting, they said. I curled up in a ball in my bed and cried my heart out for like three hours. I didn't know what this bitch was going to say to me. I should have manned up then. I didn't. Why? Because like I said, it's not my place to yell at a woman. It 
it's like, now what? Then come to then come to find out, according to her, what she tell what she told me. She was getting information out of him, which I believe is a crock of bullshit. Now that I know how she operates. It's a crock of bullshit. Then we find a place on uh, Alexander. She begged me. This is after I got the, the car that I have now. Begged me to move in. I'm thinking... Let me stash a little cash away first. You know, we had talked about, you know, how are you going to drive back and forth if you're working with Messenger? And I shouldn't have never told her I got a job with Messenger. Should have never told her that. At all. My fault. You need to eventually leave Messenger. Eventually, and I said eventually I will, but first and foremost, got to stack away, stack away some money so we don't struggle with bills or anything. And then she kept pouring it on. I'm doing the most for this company. What the hell have you done? <clears throat> the first time she said that to me, I went off. And I said, let me tell you something. You may have brought in the sales, and I never begrudged you for it. But who has to plan the broadcast? That would be me. Who has to schedule it on the network? That would be me. Who has to go to Kiwanis Field, Demery Stadium, Crown Point Stadium, the Brickyard, and call those games? That would be me. Who has to make sure that there are lineups every week? Who has to make sure the sponsor reads are done? That would be me. <clears throat> so in essence... All you've done was brought in the sales clients and I put them in the broadcast. Other than that, you haven't done a goddamn thing. Forgive me, Father. Don't you ever approach me like that again. Oh, she kept doing it. She, and, and then I realized what her game was. She kept trying to get me to snap. And I didn't. And it kept pissing her off. It kept pissing her off that I would not go off on her. Like I said, that's what her game was. Then on December 5th of 2015, she called me every which way with all kinds of anger. Get your shit out of my house. Because according to her, I didn't do much. I did a lot more than she gave me credit for, but it's kind of hard. And men, you know this. And Josh, I hope you're listening and you listen carefully. Men, you know this. It is hard to be at your best when you have someone who you thought loved you unconditionally constantly tearing you down. Kind of fucks with your brain kind of fucks with your heart too in case you haven't noticed Jody so she starts bringing stuff out to my car 
thinking she's all high and mighty. I didn't want to just shut the fuck up. Lying bitch. You had this planned all along. Which brings me to the second person. Alvin Washington, my former best friend. I was telling him everything that was going on. Another mistake. And I thought he was a friend and that he was listening to me. Nope. He had his own interests in mind. When he said one Saturday, I had a Laporte game to do, then I had a Marquette game to do. When he said one Saturday, swing by and get me. Let me come out. Let me come to Michigan State. Let me come to Laporte. Let me do the game with you. My spider senses went up. And that time I listened. And I'm glad I did. That time I listened. I knew something was up. I couldn't put the full puzzle together. Thirteen days later, they answered my question. I was on the air with Josh, with Sean, Sean Mann. When they were doing the sports drive on Jock Journal Radio, they were doing the Skippy Bayless Bash Hour, and I was on the phone Earlier that day, went to see Jody. Thought everything was cool. And then an hour later when I was into that phone call, and Josh, this should answer your question of why I suddenly hung up. When she tells me, I want to keep the relationship between us business only. And then spits out, I'm going to start seeing Alvin. So you just completely took a man's heart, a man that was true to you, a man that was there for you when you were going through shit with your children's fathers. Yeah, let me say that again. Your children's fathers. And you stomped on it without hesitation. You dirty double-crossing bitch. Yeah, I know I'm airing my dirty laundry. I gave a disclaimer at the top of the show that this would be very personal. And and that the incident is and that what I'm talking about is me. Period. And not only did she double cross me, Alvin double crossed me. When they got together, this motherfucker had the nerve to call me talking about, "Well, we lost the client because of your appearance." What? You have the absolute unmitigated gall, the ball, the nuts, and the nerve to talk about someone's appearance, something I have worked on for the better part of my 20 years? You got a lot of nerve, buddy. You got a lot of fucking nerve. Talking about someone's appearance when yours is not kosher either i got yelled at at chicago state university because of my appearance by the sid mr terrence jackson i took that seriously i've taken it seriously ever since the year i covered roosevelt personally i could have done a lot better a lot better 
you got your nerve, and you wouldn't even tell me until I forced it out of you, you double-crossing bastard. You wouldn't tell me who the client was that we lost and then had the nerve to tell me that the website was offline and I knew for a fact that it was online because I was editing it earlier that same day? Really? You're going to believe the words of someone that was feeding you all kinds of falsehoods about me. Fuck you! You have a lot of nerve, Alvin Washington. You have a lot of fucking nerve telling somebody. Now, about broadcasting, I listen, okay? When someone questions my appearance, I listen, all right? But I know what I did. And I know what I have done to make things better. And you're going to listen to a woman that feeds you a lot of falsehoods and you're going to go with her? You're going to actually climb in bed with this double-crossing bitch? More power to you. I'm glad I got out of... I'm glad I got out of the bed with that bitch and i know i'm saying the word bitch a lot and and, and fans are just gonna have to forgive me this is me getting some things off my chest back to alvin washington who's had more health problems than me and i have had my share of I've had my share of health problems, and weight is one of them. I had a fiery talk with him, and I said, this is what we need to do. This is how we need to represent. We can't bullshit around anymore. Those are words I took very, very seriously, and I take very seriously to this day almost 21 years later. And yet he had the nerve to tell me that because of my appearance. Oh, and it was off of a Jody description. I figured this out now. It was off of a Jody description. And Jody didn't have the balls to come to me about it. You have no balls, dear. You always told me that if something's wrong, I will tell you face to face. You never did, you lying ass. And Alvin, I'm disappointed in you going that direction. And the other dirty deed that Jody did, she took a sponsor away from me. And oh, by the way, Jody, my threat still stands. Either you rectify that situation or I'm coming after your ass with a lawyer. I wrote that to her in an email and... Her response was, I'm going to file a lawsuit against you for bashing me and my company. Bitch, I didn't know you had a company. Nor do I fucking care. I know it's going to fail. 
I know it's going to fail because when you got Laporte Federal Credit Union, oh yeah, I'm saying this, Laporte Federal Credit Union is going to know that you're a liar and a cheat because that's the sponsor I went to them for baseball. Apparently, you signed them in February, and I'm willing to bet you had the check made out in your name because the only person that's in charge of a checking account in the company's name is me. And if you infringe that, I'm suing you for that. You're going to get a law unless you rectify the situation, Jody, and I'm giving you an opportunity, which you probably won't take. Because I know you. I, You probably won't take this opportunity. You are legally going down. Period. Alvin Washington, I feel sorry for you, but in a way I don't. I've had many a conversation with people that we have in common. And they told me the same thing. They said, Snowman, be happy you got away from him. And I am. Oh, and a side note to Alvin Washington, and I mean this sincerely. I really hope, man, that you get yourself together. I do. A part of me wants to see you get yourself together, but another part of me doesn't care. Once you step over the boundaries that you have stepped over, I don't give a fuck about you anymore. The good-natured part of me wants to see you get yourself better, but the rest of me doesn't care. This is the Purge episode of Snowman in the Morning. Oh, I'm not done. There's a person in Glenview that I was staying with, last name Denevifer. And he knows who he knows who he is. Cause I talked about him before on the wake up call, and he shot me like fifteen or sixteen text messages saying I had the nerve to talk shit about him. Well, guess what? You put it out there. When he and I first met, we met at Starbucks in downtown Chicago. All right. Kept working together. I was working on my stuff. He was working on his stuff. And then I was living in Michigan City. And then I found myself homeless for about a week. And then um, Davoud says, why don't you come back and stay with me? I said, are you sure? He said, yeah, I'm sure. Worked out a rent agreement. Everything was going to be fine. And then he decides to tell me that the house was in foreclosure. I did a little research. And the folks I talked to said, it was it did were you a contributor to the house being a foreclosure? No. Then you don't owe him a fucking dime. I said, that's all I need to hear. His problem is liquor. Whenever he gets drunk, bad stuff happens or almost happens. On one occasion, I had to get up early. uh, It was March of 2015. I had to get up and drive to Bourbon, Indiana for um, IHSAA regionals. I was covering Marquette Catholic at the time. I knew he had been out drinking. I knew he was going to come in the house and start talking to me when I'm trying to sleep. 
And sure as shit, he came in the house, marched right upstairs. I'm trying to play possum. And he opened the door and just turned on the light and started talking to me. And I told him nicely, dude, I have to get up in four hours because I have to drive. Please let me sleep. I got so mad, I got up and I started walking around the room to calm myself down. Then I grabbed my keys and I said, you know what? I'm going to go for a drive. Let me calm down. He blocked the door. Now, this motherfucker's barely 5'7". I'm 6'5". Yeah, you know who won that. I threw him down twice. He still didn't get the message. I don't know why he didn't get the message, but he never, ever mess with me again after that. He should have known he should have known better. Oh, there were a couple there were like quite a few times where he would do that. I would purposely lock the door and he'd pick the lock and come in anyway. The only time I would get sleep is when he was, like, down in Indiana. That's the only time I'd get sleep. This is why he has no friends right now. This is exactly why he has no friends right now. Because no one wants to deal with him, you clingy son of a bitch. He clung on to me for dear life. Every time I would try to go somewhere without him, he would make, oh, let's hang out together. I don't want to hang out with you. Now, bless his heart, he did take me out for my birthday in 2014. He did do, he did do that. But I should have known there was a string attached to it. I let him in on one of my personal hangouts and I should not have which was Gameworks in Schaumburg anybody who's familiar with Schaumburg, Illinois knows Gameworks, I should have never given him that place, ever now let me tie this in to what he and Jody were doing, when I was changing carriers for my cell service They were texting back and forth, and she was forwarding the texts to me of what he was saying. I'm going to kick him out. I can't stand him anymore. Really? And you called me your best friend, you bastard? And to you, Jody, really? And you say that you love me? And you treated me like that? Bullshit. Which is why both of them were pissed at me when I went silent. Fuck them both. I didn't care. I snuck away for a couple of days. I didn't tell anybody where I was going. I didn't tell anybody what I was doing. I just know I needed a couple of days to breathe. 
And Jody calls me, oh, I'm not going to get mad at you, lying ass. You don't know nothing but getting mad at people when shit doesn't go your way. Which is probably why you'll never find anybody to be true to you because you won't let them. I've had many a suggestion from people telling me, why don't you go talk to a doctor? Why don't you go talk to somebody? No, I'm talking to the people I need to talk to. I'm talking to the fans. Because when people were coming up to me saying, dude, something's not right. Something's not right with you. You're not the same fiery person. Well, I will warn you all, the old snowman is back. And better. Now back to the roommate. This man had the nerve. And he's barely 27. This man had the nerve. And I am not making this up. And I hope he's listening and hearing these words so people will identify with me about how clingy this bitch was. He had the When I was... I was... Struggling still with not having my daughter and not having Liz. You know, he said, I could teach you a couple of things about life. Really? Well, what you taught me was to hold my temper and not explode. That's what I learned. I learned to keep everything from you and not let you get a piece of what I'm working for. This man kept telling me that he could bring advertising to me. I will say this. There is one thing he did say to me that is very, very true. And I'm beginning to find this out. The most, the, the, the happiest people have multiple streams of income. You know what, Davood? In a way, you're right. But in a way... You're wrong. For me, the happiest people have multiple streams of laughter. And I'm laughing at your ass right now. You got a lot of nerve, sir. You got a lot of nerve telling me that I would never make. And he said this about the wake up call right after it premiered. He shot me all the text messages when I talked shit about him and, and told the people what was going on and why I had to leave. This motherfucker sent me a text message saying it'll never succeed and you won't either. Guess what? I'm still here. This is how this is how clingy this this some bitch was. One morning, I snuck downstairs, I was living in Glenview, I snuck downstairs with my laptop, actually my laptop was already downstairs, I snuck downstairs into the office, closed the door, fired up everything, getting ready to go, getting ready to start the show and everything. Do you notice some bitch hears me warming up, comes in, passes out on the couch? Really? And he would say stuff like, who's the bitch? You're the bitch. No, you're the bitch. 
Sonya would always try to use my phrases against me. Don't work, pal. And like I said, he always kept suggesting we should hang out again. I don't want to hang out with you, motherfucker. I'm not hanging with people that are a detriment to me. And I make that decision of who's a detriment to me and who isn't. And you, my soggy friend, were every bit of a detriment to me. Why do you think I was so excited when I was getting out of the house at 5 a.m. in the morning? There were mornings I drove, I specifically drove to Michigan City, Indiana to get away from this dude. And I wouldn't come home until I knew he was out drinking. Who's the bitch? You're the bitch. Who's the bitch, Davood? You're the bitch. And I was a bitch for a while for letting you, a peon like you, a pissant like you, a stupid some bitch like you, get to me. This is why you were losing clients, stupid. Your attitude. The same reason I lost clients early in my career. My attitude sucked, but I'm not ashamed to admit it. Unlike you, I'm not ashamed to admit it. Do you understand me? I'm not ashamed to admit where I went wrong. You never do, never have, never will, because everything is supposed to revolve around you, and when it doesn't, you become like a little girl. Yeah, I said it. And I meant it. And Jody, you're the same way. When things don't revolve around you, you get bitchy. Whenever I had, let me tell you all this, whenever I had a broadcast to do she didn't like it. She tells me she likes it, but didn't. I had a contract last year with the Michigan City Lakers. This girl would call me and ask me to go to lunch with her while I'm doing the game, okay? And 90% of the time it worked because I left. I don't mind if TJ never speaks to me again. I did him and his team wrong. All I can do is apologize. And when I had the state tournament in Chesterton last year, she got to me then too. And I let her. Y'all hear me? I let her get to me when I should have been letting what I love to do, which is call games, take over. It didn't. My fault. Period. Now, there's a couple more things I need to get off my chest before I get out of here. Let me apologize to the folks at the Michigan City Lakers. Let me apologize to the folks that organized the state tournament at Chesterton last year. I let a bitch get to me and take over my thought processes, and I didn't keep my eye focused on what I should have, what it should have been focused on, which was handling business, and I didn't. 
for the better part. And Dean, my buddy Dean Peretta is listening. Dean, let me apologize to you. I let this bitch get to me. I am sorry, sir. I am sorry to everybody that was affected by the decisions that I made for the better part of 2015 because I allowed Jody Dials to fuck up my life. Now she is long gone out of it. And I have never, and Dean, I want you to, I want you to confirm this for me. The only reason I'm asking for a confirmation is because Dean has been there with me the whole ride. Him, Josh Lopez, all y'all. I have never been more focused on the success of me and those around me and this company. I haven't been this focused in a long time. And I'm loving every minute of it. I'm loving it. I love this. And I am taking every piece and applying it to my personal life. Today is the a new day. Today is the first day. I got up this morning. I put in a few I I I put in a few sit-ups. I did some walking in place. I should have gone outside walking, but you know what? That's why we correct things as we go. I feel like Colin Cowherd on the day he uh started at Fox Sports, but this is to, he took 5 minutes. I'm taking an hour. Maybe two. It's great to be back to my old self again. And you know why it's great to be back to my old self again? Because now I am doing things the way I see them. I am doing things the way I want to. I have never been this hyped. I have never been this strong I have never been this focused in a it's it's been a while man it's been a while I already said that at the top of the show I'm not perfect I'm not perfect I've made some mistakes you know people felt my wrath I'm not even tripping anymore I know who I am now it took me about a year to get to this point. Oh, hell, who am I kidding? It took me longer than that. It took me longer than that, and I don't care. Every day we're learning something. Every day we're building on something. Every day we're getting better. At least I hope we're getting better. I hope I'm getting better every day. I really do. I really hope I'm getting better every day. I want to get better every day. If I mess up somewhere, tell me. Please tell me, say something, say it, say it loud. You know what I mean? You know what's really, really fun is when you're not afraid to be who you are. When you're not afraid to be yourself in the face of a society that doesn't allow you to be yourself. And you're right, Dean. The last year, we have learned so much together. I plan to still take care of you, my friend. I got some things here that I need to take care of first to make sure home is in order. But I am so happy. 
I'm back to my old self. Well, we're not we're we're not done. There's a some bitch named Dale Yates that has worked with me before. I couldn't pay him in a timely fashion back in 2010. So he started this vendetta against me. And the way he started it, he had access to my Facebook account, and I'm glad I changed it. He had he had access to my Facebook account. And we were covering the Clark Pioneers at the time, me and my buddy Richard Morgan. Richard woke me up one morning and said, dude, you need to hop on Facebook right now. And I see this thing, this, 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 this message supposedly from me that said the kids at Clark were, oh, he, just, he just put them down. I don't remember what, exactly what the message said, but he put them down bad. And one of the parents, uh, Mrs. Barrera, and Richard said, I'll help you out. I'll get her to call you. I said, good. Ms. Barrera got on the phone with me, and she said, what's going on? I said, Mrs. Barrera, I'm going to say a sentence, and I hope you believe me. She says, what's that? I didn't write this shit. She says, you know what? I figured you didn't. I said, yeah, but I know the motherfucker who did. So I changed the access to my Facebook account, got rid of him, blocked him. And since that, and his uh, his friend Matt did some production for me. Let me lay it completely out there. Let's be completely transparent. Matt did some production when we were in our IS net phase. Matt did some production for me for the Clark Pioneer, for our Pioneer Blue Sports Network, okay? I owed him money, which I will pay him. Even though it's been six years, I will pay him. Dell, I'm not paying you. Fuck you. Yeah, I said it, Dell. Fuck you and your demands. You don't have any demands. You don't have a legal leg to stand on, you stupid four-eyed son of a bitch. Now back to Matt. Matt Carter was, was a gentleman. And he says, I'm going to just politely order a cease and desist. And I said, done. I said, I can't pay you right now. Unfortunately, the, the, the sponsors hadn't come in. And part of it was my fault. I didn't go after him. I didn't have the nerve like I had now. You know, so Matt just said, okay, cease and desist. No problem. I redid all the intros, everything. This motherfucker has not stopped, okay? All right, and at the time, I was going through a couple of real per I was going through a couple of real personal issues. I was um I, I look, that summer I thought about ending my life. All right, let me just put it out there. I did. I was depressed. I didn't realize how depressed I was. That was 2010. All right? Like I said, made some mistakes in my life. But six years later, this son bitch has not quit. And he won't quit until I bow to him. Suck it, Del. I'm not bowing you to, to you. But when I'm finished... You will bow to me. When I'm finished, you will be begging for mercy, and I won't show you any. He has sent me such messages as, have you found a lawyer that takes food stamps? He has sent me such text messages as, oh, and recently, Cleveland won the NBA championship. He sent me a text message that night, and it read as follows. Suck it, Tubby. I hope you didn't break your fat leg when you jumped off the Warriors bandwagon. I never was on the bandwagon, you stupid son of a bitch. 
I've been a Warriors fan since 2007. They're one of the teams I follow, along with the Bulls and the Spurs. A bandwagon means you jump on just for that moment, just like you did with Cleveland. Yeah, I called you a bandwagoner, and I mean every fucking word of it. I don't give a fuck what you tell me. That you're true to Cleveland. You're not true to Cleveland. You're not even true to yourself, you stupid son of a bitch. Because if you were true to yourself, you'd have a different attitude. Now, more to this guy's misdeeds. Last year, July 3rd, I called him on the way to Chesterton to meet him. And Pam, you said I owe him money. All right, let's let's handle this. I'm not paying him because of his attitude, because of his harassment, because of his bullying, because of his threatening. And you don't have a legal leg to stand on, stupid. I know you're going to get mad at hell at this match, but I don't care. You know, he's tried everything to get under my skin, including when Jody did what she did, that double-crossing bitch. I'm still here. I'm still smiling. You know what I do with your messages, Dale? I put them in this nice, neat little folder. And when the time comes, you're going to see all of it. When the time comes, you will pay for your sins. This was the last straw. He made a call to the IHSAA and laid an allegation against me that cost me that contract that I was inappropriately touching two female basketball players. Supposedly an investigation was done and I was found innocent and yet I was still not allowed to finish the boys' basketball season. That's fine. Y'all get in bed with each other. I don't give a shit. The kids know I'm innocent. The parents know I'm innocent. And the community around knows I'm innocent. And yet he kept commenting on the website. This is how sick this motherfucker is. He kept commenting on the website about all kinds of gay shit that I'm supposedly doing? Um, Dell, I have a question for you. Why are you saying all this if you haven't thought about it yourself? Let me back it up with this question. Why are you saying all this gay stuff if you haven't done it? Am I saying that you did it? No. But if you want to put the idea out there about me, I'm going to return the favor. Only I'm going to do it with a big old smile on my face. This is the same guy, and this is not an accusation I'm going to put out there. This is the truth. I have the proof. This is the same guy that used different Facebook profiles to get to me. Paying me all kinds of compliments, and then all of a sudden he would reveal who he is. And then after the IHSAA thing, and Josh, I hope you're still listening, buddy. After the IHSAA thing, he called me a month later gloating. I have both voicemails, and I plan to use them both. I got so many friends telling me, you know, you need to go after him. Oh, I'm going after him, but at the same time, I got to make sure home is taken care of first. I got to make sure bills are taken care of first. I got to make sure that there is no struggle, none. as far as home is concerned. Dale Yates, you have no balls whatsoever. None. Because if you did, you would have met with me. You have the nerve calling me a coward? Really? You're the coward. 
I was actually going to meet you on July 3rd last year. You didn't answer your phone. So all bets are off. And fuck you. All bets are off. Fuck you. Do you understand what I'm saying to you, Mr. Dale Yates, you four-eyed bastard? I don't care about you anymore. I don't give a shit about you anymore. You can put me down or think that you put me down every which way but loose. Bring it on, pal. Jody, Alvin, Dale, Davood, bring it on, motherfuckers. Bring it the fuck on. Because I'm not stopping. I'm not quitting. Have I come close? Oh, yeah. I'm not going to lie. And like my buddy Dean just said to me, we put in the fucking work. You don't. You don't. I don't have to report to anybody except my sponsors who I'm going to have a proprietary relationship with. And you can say, you could spin that whatever way you want. And back to Jody. Jody said to me one day, and I'm not kidding as I, said this, as I say this, folks. She said to me, you don't have the nerve to go out and get sponsors. Once upon a time, she was right. But now she's dead wrong. I'm not afraid to go out and talk to people now. I kept asking myself for years. Oh, and he tried to, and back to Dell, he tried to talk shit to Josh and separate our friendship. It didn't work, you stupid bastard. It didn't work. Josh and I are closer than ever, and as a matter of fact, in 48 hours, we're going to hang out at U.S. Cellular Field. And we'll probably send you some pictures and some video from it so you can realize what a fuck-up you are what an asshole you are and what a stupid some bitch you are for trying to destroy a friendship. I'm not paying you, Del Yates. I've told you several times. Stop the harassment, stop the bullying, then we'll meet. Then I'll decide if I want to pay you. You haven't stopped. Yeah, I've set dates where I would pay you and you still kept fucking with me. So in return, fuck you. I don't care what you say about me. I don't care what you say to other people about me. They will ask first. You even got on a friend of mine's uh, GoFundMe page and talked shit to her because you can't get to me. You don't have the means to get to me, you stupid fuck. All you know how to do, Mr. Yates, and I say the word Mr. very, very loosely. Is hide behind a phone and a keyboard and talk your shit. 
Oh, he wanted me to meet him at Bar Louie, and the son bitch didn't show up. He kept trying to tell me. Josh, you can confirm this. He kept trying to tell me that there was no Bar Louie in the North Loop. And I'm sitting in that motherfucker waiting for him. He never showed up like the piece of shit coward he is. Oh, by the way, Dell, I have a question for you. Wreck any apartments lately? I have a reliable source that tells me you had an apartment rented to you and you trashed it. I don't trash places. I take care of them, unlike you. I have learned since I've been since you have popped in my life, sir. I have learned a lot more about myself. The same goes for Jody. The same goes for Alvin Washington. And the same goes for Davood. And the same goes for Liz's family. And that and Liz's family is how I'm going to close this. But to finish off Dale Yates. <laughs> uh I want to, oh, 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 Dell's a fucker. Trying to get my buddy Josh denied at CBS thanks to his connections to Chet Kopic. And I won't even go there. <laughs> uh, it's a uh, little, it's 6.20 a.m. out in California. Theo, I hope you're enjoying this episode, man. And Josh, I hope you're enjoying this episode too. I am doing what you and all of the true friends have asked me to do. I'm getting all this off my chest, and I will not mention it, mention them again. Doesn't it feel good? Doesn't it feel good? I'm gonna surprise a lot of people with as many cuss words as I know, but what people don't what what people on the outside looking in don't realize. My favorite comedian is George Carlin, the master of the cuss words. Now, I'm putting this out there on my own platform, stating my own opinion. And the people that are against me can try to find fault with it, but you can't because this is my platform. Fuck you, Del Yates. Fuck you, Jody Dials. Fuck you, Alvin Washington, and fuck you, Davood Denevifer. All four of you motherfuckers can go blow yourselves. All four of you lost a person and people connected with him that were actually true to you guys, and y'all turned the other way through your various actions. I don't care anymore about any of you oh and liz's family including her aunts same message to you how dare you separate a family technically at the time i was still living with mom but i was also living with liz in her apartment where she was taking care of business but her uncles didn't have the balls 
to let her grow up. You know, and Jody tried to force down my throat. She, if she loved you, she'd have stood up for you. Not when you're outnumbered. Not when you're outnumbered and they're constantly getting in your head, which is what I went through a year ago with all four of these people that I named. I even protected Dell from harassing Jody. I told him, you call Jody again, I'm not going to beat you up with a lawyer. I'm going to beat you up with my fists. And then I made a deal with him, look, meet me July 3rd, and I'll pay you. I'll pay you what I owe you. The motherfucker never called. The motherfucker never called back. Fuck him. You know what, Dell? Is something there was one thing you said to me about my actions. You ought to take a look at yours. Which you don't have the nerve to do. When you realize that you fucked up yourself, then maybe we can talk. Until then. Fuck you and whatever money I owe you. Oh, by the way, that supposed $200 I owe you went back into my company. Since you were too chicken shit to meet with me, you fat clung. You want to talk about somebody's weight? Why don't you talk about your own weight? Why don't you talk about your own problems. Why don't you talk about how you trash people and and what favors they do for you? How about that? All you four have done is make this company stronger and the associations and friendships therein stronger. That's all you've done. And it began with me realizing what was going on, what my mistakes were, who I messed over, and how to repair it. It started with me. Best organization starts from the top down. Best organization, the best run organizations start from the top down. I said I would say some things this morning and I don't care. Dell Yates, you are a bitch. You're stupid. You are a sellout. You are crazy. And I'm being nice by saying the word crazy. And you will not get to me again. I don't care if you blow up my phone with every text message you can think of, including sending pictures of kids that aren't mine, you stupid motherfucker. His last one to me, um, uh, his last text message to me, does the kids that Jody have become Alva's now that she's sleeping with him? And then he backs it up with, you're, LOL, you're pathetic. Wrong answer. You're the one that's pathetic for hiding behind a keyboard, a phone, and the keyboard on the phone. To try to get your message across. It fell on deaf. Well actually the message was received. And now I'm responding. And the more I respond. 
I have the biggest damn smile on my face. This is day one for me. Period. I'm asking the Lord to forgive me for everything that I spewed out right now, but I had to get it off my chest. I had to. I can't wait till later today. When I get my car back, it's supposed to be today. I've been without my car due to a couple of mechanical problems for the last eight days, and I've hated all eight days because I haven't been able to get out and talk to people about our network. The Hebron Hawks family stood in my corner. We got you still, man. We're praying you find a solution. The Marquette Catholic family, same thing. And let me shout out one of my one of my favorite players. In my three years at Marquette Catholic, that's the big fella, Caleb Carnes. I saw him recently at, uh, uh, was it Michigan City? Yeah, it was at Walmart in Michigan City. Caleb, to Caleb Carnes and the Marquette Catholic family, I love you guys. The players, the parents, the coaches, boys and girls team. I had one hell of a ride, and a snowman thanks you from the bottom of my heart. To the Hebron Hawks family, we're just getting started. John Steinhilber, the AD, the baseball coach, the basketball coach, said, bring it, snowman. I said, can I put, I, I asked John a question through email, and I said, can I put you guys down as one of the school's that my network covers all season. His response was swift and it was simple. He said, bring it, snowman. Put us down. So thank you to the Hebron Hawks family. Boy, I had a hell of a ride with them for baseball. Got all the way to semi-state and we're not done. But the parents, the fans, the fans... Dino, listen to me. The fans. Every time there was a broadcast, they would, you know, where's the game? Where's the broadcast? And I'd get them the link. Let me shout out my boy, Sean Stewart. Introduced me to a couple of programs to help make things better. Thank you, Sean. Let me shout out my boy, Justin Hill. I pick on you mercilessly when it comes to LeBron James, man. But you've been there, too, and I thank you for that. Let me shout out the king of Connecticut, Matt Granahan. Matt, my boy, my homie. The king's court's going to be off the charts, man. It's already off the charts. I love you, my brother. Thank you for sticking with me. Sean Mann, thank you for sticking with me. Derek Williams, thank you for sticking with me. Coaching staff in Hebron, including Sean Ryan. Thank you. Sean Riley, thank you. And Liz Rourke, even though we may never see each other again, thank you for showing me what love is really like. 
My baby girl, Donna, who's in a much better place. I miss you, girl. And Pops, you gave me energy this morning, my man. You weren't afraid to put a foot in someone's ass. And now I finally got the message. And what's fun, I'm learning a lot more. Let me shout out two more people. Josh Lopez, my brother of four years. Met at Starbucks, haven't been apart. There was a time that Josh didn't understand why I went silent after the whole thing went down with Donna. I hope you understand now, my friend. I really hope you understand why I had to go silent. It's like I told you on the show, it's not because I didn't want to. It's not. Like I said, it wasn't because I didn't want to talk to you. It's because I couldn't at the time. I couldn't talk at the time. I, when Donna was adopted, that was something I faced alone, basically alone. Let me shout out one more person here. And that is the Dark Knight, LaShawn Encarnacion. Mi amigo, the late... And I hate saying those words. The late LaShawn Encarnacion. Mi amigo. Muchas gracias. You taught me a lot too, my friend, about never giving up. Never losing sight of your dreams. Never letting what people say to you get to you. He wasn't afraid to question what I was doing. He threw some suggestions at me. And I followed them. But there were times I didn't follow. There were times I didn't follow them. And the same with Dean. The vision has to be enacted the right way. And Dean, I hope you understand sometimes when you make a suggestion to me and I don't take it immediately. It's keeping what, what did Stephen A say? Don't worry about the percentage. Worry about the vision. Well, I got the vision now. I have the vision. I got, well, let me say, I got the vision back from the people that I let take it from me. They didn't steal it. I let them take it and I let them walk all over me. And you know when this purge really started? It started one day in my pastor's office. He closed the door and I went completely apeshit. Then he told me what Jody did, walking into his office telling him that she quit working for me. That took about a 500-pound gorilla off my back. So I don't want to carry her anymore, nor her attitude. We all must rise up and take up our crosses. For a while, I didn't want to take mine up because so many people had screwed me over. I didn't realize the biggest part of the biggest part of my depression, 
that I have recently defeated. And there are some days, let me tell you, there are some days Two big things happened to me, one in 2007 and one in 2015, and that ties my battle with depression all the way together. In 2007, my pops passed. Lost him due to prostate cancer, and he worked so hard to take off a lot of weight the day that I went to see him, June 4, 2007, drove in from Gary, Indiana. I saw my hero, and I knew I was losing him, but he put his arm around me and said, you stay busy. That was like his okay to me. Oh, Matt is listening. Good morning, Matt. Hey, Matt, where are you on your way to today, my brother? But when I lost my when I lost my dad and Matt, I know you can identify with this because we just uh, aired the episode where we pay tribute to uh, Pops Wicks. When I lost my pops, my world crumbled. I'm not afraid to say it anymore. I know I'm supposed to be strong for him, and people have told me that. But my world crumbled when I lost Pops. It's it's like, where was that, that guiding force? And I had to find it from within. I did. I had to find it from within. And I'm still, some days, looking for it. I admit it, there are still some days I'm looking for that strength from within, which is something that the pastor, Pastor Chris, taught yesterday in, in, in service. This is what he preached about yesterday. Being fruitful versus being successful. I never thought I work, would work part of a sermon into my show. And I made, Chris, I made Pastor Chris a promise. I'll, I'll, close, I'll close with that. 24 minutes before the hour. Snowman of the Morning, the Purge episode. And I hope y'all are enjoying it. The second thing that happened in March of 2015, as I found out, was my baby girl passing away. Now, let me tie Dale Yates into this. When he, he said something to me like, quit bringing up a dead kid that wasn't yours. I hate to inform you of this, Dale, but she was mine. The day I signed the birth certificate, Liz was there. The doctors were there. They witnessed it. They officially said, this is your baby girl. Physically, she wasn't mine. But the day I saw her born into this world, which is something you will never see, because I hope no woman even takes a hold of you. The 
day I saw her born, she became mine. I was the happiest man on earth. No parent should ever have to go through losing a child, which is something Pastor Chris and I have in common. He lost a son. I lost a daughter. His wife, Emily, when I see those two with um, with their kids. It just makes me so hopeful. It just makes me so hopeful that one day that will be me. Dean, I can't apologize to you enough. And I can't thank you enough for your patience. This little hiccup of me not having my car has is going to put some payments behind that I owe you because I must complete the contract and I will. There were there was a time Dean and I were not talking. Okay? Last year he was so burnt out and I feel and Dean, I feel you when I relate this. Last year there was a time Dean was so burnt out from producing my show, getting guests for my show, doing stuff for doing other projects that he, he stopped talking for three or four weeks, and I was trying desperately to get a hold of him. I understand now, Dean. I understand even more now than I did before with all this surrounding me, surrounding us, surrounding our empire. I understand, Dean. Matt, I understand. Josh, I understand. I understand, y'all. I get it. I can honestly say now, I get it. You know what I mean? And, and, and I kept, I, I depended, with Dean, I depended on a contract that would come through, and it didn't. And Dean said some hurtful things to me. And as I'm reading a message from him now, he said, I never, he said, I never knew how much the situation really hurt you in April, and that was me trying to get a contract together with him, and I rushed it. And it was the devil's work, but God is greater. Thank you, Dean. Dean said some very hurtful things to me, but it, 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 I had to realize the stress that was surrounding both of us. Eventually, Dean and I talked everything out. And it couldn't be better. Now, 
I will say this, and I hope Dell is listening, and I want him to hear this statement, what I'm about to say to Dean. I want you to hear this, Dell, so you can realize what a real man does. Dean Peretta, I am going to be delayed for a bit in continuing our payments per our contract. But that does not mean I will stop paying you, period. I lost eight days being without my car, being not being able to go out and talk to people and gain sponsorships here on the local level so this company can keep going and keep getting better. A delay does not mean a completion. All I ask for you, Dean, is to give me a little time to get the home together. I know you've asked me to provide some dates, some pay dates for you for clarification, which I will. And I said I will do that by Wednesday of this week, if not earlier. But I'm just glad that you realize, sir, that the thing that hurt me the most, and this has always been true with me, the thing that hurt me the most was not being able to come through for you when the time arrived. I tried everything, man. I tried my I tried my damnedest to the point where I didn't sleep for almost 52 hours thinking of whatever I can do to take care of our situation. You know, and I said, Dean said some very hurtful things to me. But then he realized he wasn't getting any sleep either. And all that just came to a head to a point where wherever he would message me, I didn't respond. I backed up. I thought about everything and I just went quiet. Yeah, we had bills to pay and we had major pressure on our shoulders. Yeah, as men in society, we do, period. We are the providers. In case you haven't noticed, Jody, the men are the providers. And when people allow them to, and when the, if they're allowed to be the providers, if they are allowed to be who God has called us to be, if they are allowed to be what we were told to be and taught to be, then things are better. Things are getting better. Now, I'll tell you what, when I sent that first payment to Dean, I was the happiest man. And I did it during a broadcast. You know, because the contract, you know, the contract we have said I got to pay him by 5 o'clock Central Time. 4.30, I was up in the booth at Hebron, and I nearly forgot. Thankfully, got it done. 
So again, Dean, let me apologize to you. The weight of the world got to me. But as long as you understand that when the time drew near and I and I, I, I figured out I couldn't come through for you at the, in the time allotted, that messed me up. As a man, that fucked me up. Because it's like, now what? Dean's dependent on me. Josh is depending on me. And if I don't come through for Dean, what are the others going to think? That's And Dean, I know you're listening. That's why I was upset. That's exactly why I was upset. So I, again, just ask you, let me get organized. It shouldn't take long, and we'll be back on schedule. You know something, Dad? I've never felt this powerful without you physically being here. I never, ever felt like this where I can get a lot off my chest and not care what other people think or say because I don't what I care about is my home what I care about are the people that have been in my corner what I care about are the people whose corner I'm in and that is a small small corner and I don't care I'm not going to wish anything ill on Jody or Alvin or Dell or Davood. But I am going to say to them, if you wonder why your lives are as fucked up. And Jody used to say this to me all the time. Now I'm going to return the favor. If you wonder why. Your lives are as fucked up as they are. Why don't you do the same thing I did several times over, several years over? Take a look in the mirror. And I'm speaking from experience because I had to do that. I had to do that. I had to do it as recent as yesterday. When I didn't have my car. And I had to get to church to broadcast their service. The Sunday inspiration. So. I packed up my road equipment. I put it in the backs. I put it in my backpack. And I started walking.
Check the Google Maps the night before. Five and a quarter, five, five point four miles, almost five and a half miles. And I said, "How long?" I, 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 I. They showed me how long will it be, and they said about eighty-five minutes. I was a little below the pace. Uh, Dean's going to be, I'll make this official, Dean's going to be re-signing with Arena Sportsnet. Thank you, Dean. And he also says, in addition, we're in a safer place, and I know you have some super cool people around you. And he said, I'm always here anytime you want to talk. Thank you, my brother. Much appreciated. Josh Lopez, thank you. But like I was telling the four individuals I named earlier, you want to find out what's wrong with your life? Take a peek in the mirror and work from there. I'm still working. I'm not trying to be perfect, but I'm getting back to who I am. I'm getting back to the person y'all met before I let y'all fuck with me. Today is day one for me, and this is an incredible, incredible journey, and this this is going to be the opening of my blog, too. And I might just put this in unedited, which means there's a couple sponsor mentions in there. I don't know. I don't care. For once... In my life, for once in my life, in my professional and my personal life, not only do I see the vision, I am acting on it. There was always people giving me advice. Why don't you handle it this way? Why don't you handle it that way? You know something? I thank you, everybody, for your advice. But this time, for the last time, from now until dead, from now until the Lord calls me home, from now until the Lord calls me home, I'm doing this my way. And I think it is very appropriate that I close with old blue eyes himself, Frank Sinatra, with that very song. I took the blow. Let the record show 
I took the blows, and I did it, and am doing it my way. Thank you all for listening. We'll get back to Sports Talk tomorrow. Follow us on YouTube, on Facebook, on Instagram, and Twitter using the same ID, Arena Sportsnet. Old Blue Eyes will take us out of here. And I will talk to y'all tomorrow. Same bat time, same bat channel. Thank you to everyone who rode this roller coaster with me. Thank you to everyone who has stood in my corner and continue to stand in my corner. Oh, Blue Eyes, it's on you. Have a great day. God bless. And remember to make your next move your best move. And always remember, if your dreams don't frighten you, they're too small. So long, everybody. Talk to you tomorrow. My fill, my share of losing, and now as tears subside, I find it all so amusing to think I did all that, and may I say. Not in a shy way Oh no Oh no, not me I did it my way For what is a man What has he got If not himself Then he has not
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.